0: It's for? So for you. Your hand, okay? Come over here, honey. gonna hurt. No. No, I don't want it. Oh,
1: No. Restrained with zip ties and marched out of school by police at the age of six, Kaya Roll was arrested on battery charges when officers were called to her school in Orlando last September after she had a tantrum and allegedly assaulted staff.
0: The police Do want to? No, you have
1: to. Her family have released the shocking video, which was filmed on a police body camera to raise awareness. Dennis Turner was sacked as a reserve police officer following the incident for violating agency policy as he failed to get approval from a supervisor before arresting a child under 12 years old. He could be heard in the recording boasting about arresting more than 6,000 people and that Kaya was the youngest. She's
2: eight, isn't she? Six. She's six. now she has broken the record.
1: The little girl's family say she suffers from sleep apnea, which can result in behavioural issues. Shortly after her arrest, her grandmother told reporters that the incident had been extremely distressing.
2: No six-year-old child should be able to tell somebody that they had handcuffs on them and they were riding in the back of a police car and taken to a juvenile detention centre to be fingerprinted, mugshot.
1: shot. had the charges against her dropped, as did a six-year-old boy arrested by Turner on the same day in a separate incident.
0: Please, let me go.
1: The girl's family hope that releasing the footage will lead to a change in the law barring children under 12 from ever being arrested. Jenny Longdon, Sky News.
3: Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. Tonight we deal with a troubling subject, police brutality to young children, arresting six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and the number goes on and on. And tonight we're going to deal with where did this start, where children now have become victims of a system of abuse. We're going to deal with that tonight. Folks, hang on to your seats. This is AJC Radio. We take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along with David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Depolo, Samson Riddle, William Williams, Clinton Stewart, Dennis Merritt, Cliff Stewart, and the entire AJC Radio team tonight. As we again embark upon this conversation, really troubling in our nation, how children have become victims of really, as far as the eye can see, young kids have been traumatized, have been put through extreme counseling after such events, and officers, police officers, and again, we're going to deal with also those in the correctional facilities for our youth and the abuse that has gone on there. Let me be very clear as we make this statement tonight. Tonight we address those bad apples in the bunch that are doing what they are doing to our children. But make no mistake about it, law enforcement is a very serious job. And there are a lot of good uh, police officers out there that put their lives on the line every single day uh, in protecting our nation. Uh, and in, our, in, in protecting our communities, it's really, really important that we make that point clear. Uh, so, as we get into this conversation, make no mistake about it—that uh, we do believe in good, in, in really good police officers, officers with integrity, uh, officers that have honor. And you will hear me relate to that constantly during the course of this show tonight, because by, in, in no way do we ever want to uh, send the message that we are not appreciative of our officers that keep us safe as well. Uh, uh, a side note on that, but a very key note, uh, Eric Talley, 51-year-old police officer uh, that was shot and killed Monday in Boulder, Colorado, at that King Supers. Uh, our, our thoughts, our prayers go out to Officer Talley. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's a tragedy uh, that he lost his life. Uh, my understanding was he had spoken to his wife and told his wife he was looking to get into... Some work that was not as dangerous, uh, and it's really, really uh, troubling. He leaves seven children behind, uh, and his wife. Please know that our heart and our prayers, go out to you and your family, and to all the officers across this country that are in that are in grief right now, as a as a result of their brethren being taken down as this happened, uh, and our thoughts and prayers go with them. David, as we get into this conversation tonight, uh, we're going to hear some things quite troubling, uh, quite disturbing and how important it is that we continue
0: uh,
3: a path of, of uh, really protecting our children from this type of behavior.
4: Well, the current uh, stain and marginalization of police officers stems from the fact that many of these uh, people engage in such heinous uh, acts, whether it be against children or adults, as far as brutality is concerned, isn't, isn't uh, aren't held accountable. So, and that's where uh, if police wanna be don't want to stain on the entire uh, profession, entire department. They really need to take a hard line on officers that, that engage in police brutality and and, and God help abuses of children.
3: Oh, without question. And, and not only, the, I definitely do not want to leave the other victims out, uh, have been identified as Denny Strong, 20 years old, Naven Stancic, 23, Ricky Olds, 25, uh, Trelona Bartwick; Susan Fountain, Terry Liker, Kevin Mahoney, Lynn Murray, and Jody Waters. Again, uh, our hearts and prayers and thoughts uh, go out with the victims of this tragedy that took place in Boulder, Colorado, uh, and to all of the families that have suffered loss as a result of this tragedy, uh, our thoughts and prayers go with you. Dave Cipolo, as we get into this conversation, your thoughts on something as tragic the opening clip we're going to play it again i'll tell i'll tell our production team to cue that up one more time for us we're going to get ready to play that one more time of the young girl six years old um begging not to be put in the police car uh we're going to have actually marilyn her grandmother be joining us on this show here shortly uh she's going to be joining us and talks we'll talk be talking about uh, the trauma that her uh that her granddaughter suffered uh, we're also going to be joined uh, by Golda Barton. Uh, she's the mother the mother, excuse me, of Lyndon Cameron, uh, a gentleman that was shot at the age of 13, uh, and he suffers from autism, simply had an episode, and was shot by police officers. Today's Apollo, of your thoughts on what we're getting ready to dig into right now.
5: When you look at how things were even 30 years ago, when somebody as young as six years old was having a problem, whether they had stolen something or they got into a fight usually the police weren't called the parents were called the parents dealt with the issue it wasn't the police putting a six-year-old in handcuffs and putting them in a police car that's inexcusable what could make the officer think that was the right thing to do i just don't understand it
3: uh, again i think of the culture that is set up here now uh the bottom line is these officers again a bunch uh, bad apples in a bunch of, of a whole barrel of, of good officers uh, that probably would have never thought uh, to do such a thing. Uh, and we salute them tonight. But I'll tell you what, tonight we deal with the ugly side of policing with officers that simply do not honor that badge. This is AJC Radio, folks. We're going to be right back. Feel free to dial into the show tonight at 646 200 That's 646 200 As we get ready to deal with this issue America's children under fire and abuse by those that wear the badge. We deal with it after this break. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that. Life just got a little bit tougher. against wrongful convictions call caller just calls today one 529 4252 we seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe not because dad or mom did anything wrong because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
6: I'm a mother. I'm a
7: father. I'm a sister. A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military.
8: I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church.
2: And my child was
6: arrested, arrested. held in custody. Questioned without my knowledge. Exposed to violence. Witnessed to rape. Placed in solitary confinement. Unable to call or see
9: me. Shackled to a wall. Beaten. Sentenced as an adult at age 17.
8: Sentenced as an adult at age 16.
9: Sentenced
10: as an adult at age 15. We felt lost. Isolated. Ostracized. Ostracized.
2: Misjudged. Terrified. And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life and then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult
6: times in my life.
10: Now I know I'm not alone, and neither are you.
6: Now we have a voice. Now we, we have, have
4: power. power. In numbers. In
6: numbers. In
4: numbers we, we can, can make,
0: make a
6: good. difference. There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org.
11: We have a big problem, and we need your help. It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even in high schools. It's happening to our sisters and our daughters.
8: Our wives
11: and our friends. It's called sexual assault, and it has to stop. We have to stop it. So listen up. If she doesn't consent, or if she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault,
10: it's a crime, it's wrong.
8: If I saw it happening and I was taught you have to do something about it.
11: If I saw it happening, I'd speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her. I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution.
8: We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility.
4: It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault.
8: And that starts with you. Because one is too many.
4: Over a million people are sitting in the prisons of America for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us in the fight to end mass incarceration. We spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people. Alternatives to prison, like community service, drug treatment, and rehabilitation, costs less, and can turn lives around. It's time for fear justice. It's time Smart justice. And we need your help.
5: School. school ends, but free lunches for your kids don't have to. Find your local food bank at feedingamerica.org slash summer meals for help. Together we're
10: feeding America.
3: gentlemen to ajc radio tonight as we again have a troubling topic but necessary to discuss children that are under the abuse and brutality of officers of law enforcement as well as correctional officers in youth detention centers some things that are going on absolutely are horrific uh, and we need to deal with these issues tonight let me be clear as i said earlier in the show uh for all the officers that honor that badge they put on every morning and guard to the streets across this country to protect us, we say a very special thank you to those officers. Uh, A lot of good officers, those that come with high integrity, high honor. I've had the privilege of knowing those type of officers. I've known those type of correctional officers during my wrongful conviction. Uh, We have seen a lot. And no way way do we want to ever leave it out there that all officers are doing the same thing. Uh, I believe that became even more real to me during... The killing of George Floyd, the outpouring of outrage for what that officer had done to George Floyd. Um, There was a lot of police officers that were heartwrenched at what they saw, along with a lot of people here in this country. So uh, we're going to make that point very clear throughout this show tonight. But again, a very special thank you to the officers that put their lives on the line for us without police officers in this country. Uh, We would have a complete chaotic situation and there's no telling uh, what situations we may find ourselves in. So thank you for that. But tonight we deal with the other side of that coin. Um, And that is to the officers that have, uh, for some reason, targeted children uh, and treat children as they have uh, in situations like this. We're going to play a clip for you right now uh, and we're going to get uh, the thoughts of our, our, uh, our, our host here. As well as as we wait for our guests to arrive, uh, they're going to be sticking to these issues as well. Go ahead and play the clip.
10: It doesn't, what
5: do you mean You if you know, call his parents, you can't do that. You can't do it. Well, what's your name?
9: Hey.
7: Hey! 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 Hey, okay,
9: you
7: what, What's your name and your badge to, number? To, you what? What's f- out, watch out! What's your name and your badge number? What's your name and your badge number? Lincoln, it's, 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 okay. And, and, what, and what's your name and badge number, ma'am? Whoa! Whoa! whoa
4: you're touching me! You're touching me! Hey! You, you can't do this! Yeah! Yeah! Go get him! You can't do this! Look at that! Hey!
0: Stop! Stop! Hey! Here, You're doing go. this to a minor. Let me go. Remember, you guys are doing this to a minor. To Remember that. You guys are doing this to a minor. Not the it doesn't matter. You guys are doing this to a little ass kid.
5: His parents should be here. You guys shouldn't yes. be touching on him like that.
0: should be here. What you he Hey, way. hey, hey, hey! Watch out! Watch out!
7: Don't be choking him like that. What are you doing? Get your hands off his neck bro what are you doing get your f- hands off his neck you can't be doing that get back sir yo d- back don't, touch don't,
1: touch back don't touch me don't touch me back up don't touch me don't touch me I will arrest you for... do don't touch me for what for what am I for, seat, for, for what for what back what can up. you arrest me for
7: for what what can you arrest me for what the hell don't touch me please back to you, stay back. I'm I'm asking you please don't touch me stay, you're not a cop don't, don't touch me please don't Did touch you me you're back. not a cop I'm asking you up. you can up?
5: record from the distance. Okay. Okay. I just need you to keep your distance.
12: do
5: Plain and simple. Look at that. Look at that. I don't mind if you record. Police yes. brutality. Excuse me. No, back. no, I'm not going
0: to do it. I up
4: know. Up
7: just stay back up. Just you're, a right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm you not, not going to do nothing. The... You know, I know. You know, I'm not doing nothing to the top for me. Come on. That's. No lights! I'm going around this way, all right, sir? Uh,
0: Try to keep some distance. Yeah, so You you can come over here. Yeah.
7: All this for a little kid, bro.
5: All this for a little kid. All this for a little kid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come any
0: closer, stay
4: back there. Oh, I know you. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't.
3: Okay. Don't mind
0: it all. No, nah, no. Why y'all putting a bag down. over his face, bruh? Stand back
5: a little. Okay? Back up. Please. Please, please, please. You can record from over there, okay?
0: Hey, can you Yeah. I'm, I'm here. right here. I'm right here. The I'm the right here.
5: He's he's all we
0: I said, bust up resistance, bruh. He's not smitting yeah
4: exactly so you can take the bag off of his head if he's not spitting right they just don't want to risk it why don't i go and i don't need to go anywhere i don't need to go anywhere
5: so my
13: man
5: (laughs) for the bag that's there no i totally
4: i
13: totally
7: get
3: it well there you have it uh this particular young boy they began to Grab him around his neck. On the video, if you see it on YouTube, you can go ahead and find it. Uh, as they grabbed this young boy around his neck, he had to be, he looked like to be maybe 10 or 11. Uh, and they began to choke him. A bystander who was watching this stuff started to record what was going on. They ultimately ended up putting this kid in what they call a spit bag over his head, which he wasn't spitting. He made it clear to the officer uh, the, the guy's not spinning. You can suffocate this kid to death. And my question is, how? where have we come to as a country? When I was growing up, we had issues where if there was something going on, guess what, who I feared more than anybody uh, that I had to deal with if I was out of line in school? That was my mom or my dad. Uh, they have so criminalized. The situations of kids simply not doing anything, but being a kid, uh, the six year old that we talked about earlier, uh, who they handcuffed uh, and on that first clip we're gonna play it again here shortly, but she was they said oh she was a she was a danger to herself and to others around her at six years old, so you walked out, she began to beg the officer. And let's get ready to pull that clip. I want to play that clip one more time. It's the, it's the opening clip we played. We're going to play that clip as well. It's a news report on what happened to this young girl. Uh, and she was begging the cop, please don't put me in the car. To this day, this girl has issues right now. And this is recent in the last, I believe, last couple of years, this stuff took place. A few years.
11: She's having to deal with that.
3: Uh, let's play the clip one more time, team, and, and let's let, let's let our listeners hear
6: it's
0: for you. Your hand, okay? Uh, Come over here, honey. It's not gonna it. hurt. No, no well I want it
1: No. Restrained with zip ties and marched out of school by police at the age of six. Kaya Roll was arrested on battery charges when officers were called to her school in Orlando last September after she had a tantrum and allegedly assaulted staff. Her family have released the shocking video, which was filmed on a police body camera to raise awareness. Dennis Turner was sacked as a reserve police officer following the incident, for violating agency policy, as he failed to get approval from a supervisor before arresting a child under 12 years old. He could be heard in the recording boasting about arresting more than 6,000 people and that Kaya was the youngest.
2: She's eight, isn't she? Six. She's six. Now she has broken the record.
1: The little girl's family say she suffers from sleep apnea, which can result in behavioural issues. Shortly after her arrest, her grandmother told reporters that the incident had been extremely distressing.
2: No six-year-old child should be able to tell somebody that they had handcuffs on them and they were riding in the back of a police car and taken to a juvenile detention centre to be fingerprinted,
1: mugshot. Kaya had the charges against her dropped, as did a 6-year-old boy arrested by Turner on the same day in a separate incident.
0: Please let me go.
1: The girl's family hope that releasing the footage will lead to a change in the law, barring children under 12 from ever being arrested. Jenny Longdon, Sky News.
4: there you
3: have it. It It's heart-wrenching. It's absolutely sick. And then you're going to tell me that the charges have been dropped? Because you had no charges in the first place. There was no crime here. You can show me one kid in school, since I was a little boy, that didn't throw a temper tantrum, because perhaps recess ended a little earlier than what they wanted it to, Or maybe they wanted an extra chocolate milk On chocolate milk Friday Why don't somebody tell me What crime Was committed where this young girl Suffered You take this young girl in a police car Take her to a youth detention center And you fingerprint And you do a mugshot to do one thing Drop the charges Why don't somebody explain that to me
5: I didn't think it was possible that you can arrest a kid that young. I mean, how are you going to give him charges of battery? Battery? I mean, does that even – I don't understand how you do that. If if that's something like, okay, put the kid in detention or and call his parents. That's what you're supposed to do. But why would you even feel the need to call the police for a six-year-old? I just
3: – And you did this without her guardian. No adult was present. The young boy that the guy was watching uh, and said, look, why are you putting a bag over this kid's head? Why are you grabbing him by his throat? No parent, no adult, with the best interest of that child is even present. The reason you've never heard that a child could get arrested at an age that young because it is not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Key West police arrested. This was back in August of this of 2020. Key West police arrested an eight-year-old at school. His wrist were too small for the handcuffs. You couldn't even handcuff the kid. Police officer in a Florida elementary school arrested an eight-year-old boy who had allegedly hit a teacher only to realize the boy's wrists were too small for the handcuffs. Part of the Key West police body cam footage of December 2018 arrest was released on Monday by civil rights attorney, Ben Crump, who is representing the boy's mother. On Tuesday, she filed a federal lawsuit claiming that the officers used excessive force that school officials failed to intervene and that the city and school district violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. The lawsuit says the boy has special needs. Key West police declined to comment to CNN citing the litigation. But in a statement to the Miami Herald on Monday, Key West Police Chief Sean T. Brandenburg said that his officers did nothing wrong and that they followed standard operating procedures. The mother, Bianca N. De Niro, said in a Zoom press conference Tuesday that her son was arrested, taken to jail, fingerprinted, DNA swabbed, and had his mug shot taken that day. The boy, who was three and a half feet tall and weighed 64 pounds, Crump said, was charged with felony battery.
5: Just just a quick question. I thought you had to give consent for anybody to give a DNA sample. It's definitely a parent. Yeah, I mean, but... That's for anybody. You just can't take from a child without his parents knowing, why are you taking a kid's DNA? For what? The kid has he, no idea what's going on. He's not a serial killer, and you're going to find out the mystery killer from a, th- from a, a kid. So that's just – that's, that's someone just taking their power a little too far. Well, it
3: says here the mother fought the case in court for nine months until a prosecutor dismissed the charges. Trump, Devin, Jacob, Suwan, Robinson are representing sidedero in this lawsuit. So this is a heartbreaking example of how our educational and policing systems train children to be criminals by treating them like criminals. This is what you do, and you're, you're seeing you're trying to find there's no humanity here. It's exactly the opposite. And I can't get over that little girl. Begging an adult to please do not put me in this that car. that
2: that's absolutely insane to me. And
3: nothing is done. Well,
4: well you know what another sad part is it took you where's where's the chief of police and the head prosecutor? It took you nine months to dismiss charges. These, the, the, these people are depraved. some of these people are absolutely depraved, uh and it explains a lot how not only do adults get killed by these police, but there's there's examples like you said the, the one officer in New Mexico in two thousand nineteen who body slams a girl because she took an extra milk like you were just saying a minute ago. He, and so he 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 resigned after body talking about she took an extra milk from the cafeteria, so he goes out and body slams her unconscious. No, not she's not, not this one. All right, this is another video I saw online. Uh, in, it's a New Mexico officer. He just resigned. For some milk? For some milk. Well, she, she shouldn't have took extra milk, so I'm going to punish her by, by, by throwing her, throw her up and then slamming her to the ground. It's just
0: sick.
3: Well, the problem you have here, William, I'm coming to you in a moment. The scars left here for these kids, you want to create a system that we believe and trust in our officers. But you leave scars so deep in these children. I remember during the protest that had happened uh, last summer, uh, around the time when George Floyd was killed. Never will forget this if I live to be a 100. And I came across a video on social media. This young girl, she had to be maybe seven, eight years old, and the police car pulled up. This particular officer was a good officer. But when the officer got out of the car, the little girl began to tremble and tears rolled down her face, scared and terrified of what might happen and what they have seen. And I remember the officer, the lady officer, was so shaken and so troubled. And I remember her kneeling down. She said, I'm not going to hurt you. And it took a moment to calm this girl and say, look, I'm not here to hurt you. What type of system do we have when our children are looking at George Floyd? You couldn't hide it from them, And they see this man calling for his mama who has already passed. No wonder this little girl when she saw the card trembled out of fear. This is something that has to be dealt with. Has to be talked to and again to the officers that give their lives to protect. Our children like this officer was a good officer. But because of the actions of those that choose not to honor the badge, it makes it hard on those officers who have integrity, who care about people? Something has to drastically happen. As, as i tell you what. We create a society of fear among the next generation. Wondering, well, what's wrong with them? Why don't they want to call the cops? Because when some of them call the cops, they're demonized for making that call.
11: William, go ahead. You know what you're talking about, Really? We need to step back and look at this picture because the, the actions of these cops, what we've seen of the past years, from the Michael Browns, Tamir Rices, Laquan McDonalds, Eric Garner's, you name it, you name it, these are actions that now by these police officers, minority children are seeing it. They see it just like you said, that little girl had to see the influences of these pictures on TV she and it, and it made you know she was afraid the parents are afraid they're teaching their children and now can you imagine a police officer abusing your child and as a parent how that would make you feel so it's all it's all one big all this cause and effect you look at it and and so there's got to be some accountability people are going to have to step up and say we got to be accountable because we can't have a society that are afraid of police officers that are in the good ones that are out here trying to help the community, they can't even do their job. They can't even do their job because of the bad influences of others.
3: No, without question. And look, let me tell you something really very carefully. Uh, I don't care if you're a white kid, a black kid, a Hispanic kid. From any race or background or what nationality you may be, no kid should have to suffer at these types in this type of situation and again i would be equally as outraged which i am uh regarding white kids that are targeted and treated so poorly if you get this is a human issue this is a human issue and uh we need to deal with that right now joining us on this program we're honored to have her tonight golda Barton, uh young lady uh that suffered really a huge injustice. Uh, Her 13-year-old son uh, with autism was shot by police officers. Uh, And we're going to get her story tonight. And our hearts go out to her. Uh, Golda, are you there? Golda, are you with us? Yes,
13: I'm here. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. I'm glad we got you on. Um, Golda, I'm going to let you share your story because I didn't want to infringe upon that. But let me first say uh ajc radio just calls organization we are so very sorry uh for what you have endured uh, your son all that has happened uh but i believe you have a voice and you got something to say and we want to hear about it here and our listeners as well i don't know how much of the show you've heard thus far but please know that ajc radio supports your plight in fighting against this type of injustice that's happened introduce yourself to our listeners and i'll give you the floor
13: hi i'm um i'm golda i'm golda barton uh this has been a very emotional journey for my family um, I was doing so good right before this and then i um I spend a lot of time trying not to think too hard because this has really, um, affected not only me, but everyone in our community. And I had no idea, um, how desperate of a situation our nation is in with, um, with the way that, uh, these officers feel that they have, um, the right to treat a human like they're not a human anymore. Yes. Um, it, uh, it's been very, it's, uh, it's been very hard to watch my son go through, uh, his daily, um, tasks and chores. Um, and struggle because he's gotta figure out how to do everything now with one hand
7: yeah.
13: um, i I'm thankful that he is alive um, but uh he's uh he's uh he's definitely uh a changed little boy um you know, I, I really, before, uh, I don't know if uh, if you know this, but like about in January of la- this last year, so my son was shot September um, 4th, uh, 2020, and right before that, he had lost his grandfather to uh, police brutality as well. Um, they still refused to release the body cameras, so that's been very hard for us. Um and it was super hard for Lyndon. Um and then to have two happen like this and it not and it just makes no sense to me. And now I can really more clearly understand because I, I mean I've I heard of Black you know, Black Lives Matter and and the movement and everything. Yes. But two Stand
2: in those people's shoes
13: is so so frightening, absolutely. Um, and uh, to be to be uh to be to have to deal with this because of like a color or whatever is
6: crazy to me,
13: it just makes no sense. At all. And to do this to a child makes no sense because, and this, you're right. When you said before, this is something that every single gender race left right um, from the, from the crazy of the crazies to the everybody can understand. Everybody has children and, and it's something I think that can hopefully be a voice for change because this is something that, because there's, there's a problem with getting all the groups together to make the big, huge change we need to make. And to do that, we have to be united. And we have to stand up for for this police reform and, and, and try to unweave the spaghetti mess um, that it seems that, you know, it's gotten us, everybody into. It's all corrupt. So, um, no,
3: absolutely right. And go to, uh, to into, into that point. You know, I think what is to your point that you just made, we need to come together, work together, be a bigger voice. You know what's sad to me? Why should we have to have a huge voice versus one? Because one child's right. life should mean more than that. One mother, your, your pain, your child's pain and then to see uh what your son went through with, with the police situation uh with another family member and then this kid wasn't armed. He was no
13: a physical threat. No to anybody. None at all. He wa- he wasn't. And um he wasn't. He uh he literally was, was having a, a a meltdown because I hadn't been back to work and in so long, because of my dad getting killed right in his front yard, um, and he was a veteran, he did, there's so many, all these people have lives and stories, and they're humans. They dehumanize people. They make it like they're animals. And it's horrible. And, and it's like they're not important. When my dad got shot, nobody came. Nobody cared. Nobody, nothing. Still Nothing. And it really, really angers me, but with my son um it's just the same. it's like um where where i just i feel like uh, we're in a terrible uh spot in this nation right now, and there needs to be so many things change um to make this be uh the America that we want it to to be. So we're not afraid to live here, you know?
3: No, absolutely right, Golda. Uh, Dave, did you have something to say to Golda?
5: Yes, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I mean, how how is he really doing? I mean, is, is he getting better or is it still so traumatized that it's hard for him to get through the day?
13: Um, he lives in, um, well, okay, so... He lives in a pretty painful state majority of the time. But we came up here last week for an electrical stimulator um, uh, thing that they put in his arm. Right. And so he had to go through a series of, uh, of of where they, when they put it in, they can't be asleep. And he is like deathly afraid of needles, And um, we went in. And the doctor's like, look, you know, uh, you you either man up and we gotta get this done, you know, you, you got to hold real still, because for them to place that stimulator correctly, he had to be so brave. And um, so, I guess he said he jumped like six inches off the table, but the doctor said that he did really, really well, actually, better than most adults. And um, good. Oh, that's good. It helped the stimulator helped almost immediately like to like it took his pain from like, a n like a, like a eight, nine to like a five, like five, six, like almost instantly. So we are just thankful that we have things that can help us get some relief.
3: And let me ask you a question. What steps have been taken, uh, to hold these officers accountable for what's happened to your son, um, anything, uh, or is they, they're kind of giving you the runaround and not wanting to do what needs to be done here.
13: Well, um, I think we've been very patient. We've we've been very patient and tried to give them the space they needed to do their investigation because I understand there's a process, um, but it seems like it's taking so so long for them to to. Uh, to do anything like the, we hear that the officer that shot Lyndon no longer works there, but that's all we know. We don't know. Does he no longer work there because you let him go or does he no longer work there because he quit or does he, you know, or is he just on administrative leave? So he doesn't work there now. Like we honestly, we don't, we don't know anything. Um, I know that they were pretty backed up with their uh, police brutality cases, and so uh, they, they, and literally, it's like they're backed up with, like they take months to give these families any type of resolve because yeah. they are so backed up with their, their, it, it, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. I had no idea. I was completely unaware that it was so grave.
3: Well, Gola, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I'd like you to come back. I want to get some more uh, thoughts about this. Uh, I, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to you, to to your entire family. But AJC and a Just Cause organization commits ourselves to seeking justice uh, wherever we can find it for those that have suffered injustice. Uh, I can say to you tonight that a Just Cause organization will get in the trenches, if you will, with you uh and we I can assure you a just cause organization will get some answers that you so desperately need uh and if you're willing to take our hand uh we'll jump down and we'll get in the fight with you. Does that sound like a good idea to you
13: i think i think we're we're ready we're ready to take your hand and go with you wherever you want to go we are we are we are definitely uh accepting of um any help you can give us.
3: And when we come back, we're going to get to the the GoFundMe uh, uh, page that has been set up for people to reach out to uh, donate money in helping find justice for this entire family. We're going to talk to that on the other side of the break, and uh, we so much appreciate you taking time, being as brave as you've been tonight, to speak on such an issue that is so close to home. We're going to deal with that on the other side of the break, okay? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, AJC Radio tonight heart-wrenching, troubling, disturbing, uh, at best. Feel free to dial into the show tonight, 646-200-0628, 646-200-0628. Our very, very special guest tonight, Golda Barton, and her precious son, Lyndon, who suffered a huge injustice. HSU Radio Just Cause Organization now puts ourselves into the fight. suggest this for this family. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. History is important because it shows where you're coming from and where you're going. Type 2 diabetes is something that runs in my family, which means I'm at risk. In fact, one in three American adults are at risk for developing type 2 diabetes. And knowing this, if I do nothing, That family history becomes my family's future. And my family is too important to me for that. Take the risk factor assessment today
11: at askscreenno.com.
10: There are no loose ends in TV procedural dramas. At the end of the hour, the bad guy always gets what's coming to him. Unfortunately, the real world is a lot more complicated. We know from the work of the Innocence Project and other organizations in the Innocence Network that the system doesn't always get it right. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, since 1989, nearly 2,000 people have been exonerated of crimes they didn't commit. What people don't realize is a good number of those people pleaded guilty to crimes even though they were innocent. In fact, in nearly 10% of the nation's DNA exonerations, people pleaded guilty to serious crimes and agreed to serve significant prison time because the system is stacked against them, especially if they are poor and people of color. That's right. The stakes are so high that we have innocent men and women agreeing to serve long prison sentences. A system that puts that much pressure on people to plead guilty is a problem. Visit guiltypleadproblem.org to learn more about the men and women who are pressured into pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit. And join us in demanding that our elected officials do something to protect the innocent people who get caught up in a broken criminal justice system.
7: Thank you. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a Just Cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a Just Cause at 855- 529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
9: All right, Tom. Get ready for the day, buddy. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. We have a gun. What's up? We have a
4: gun. Why do you ask that, kiddo?
9: Can I play with it? No,
4: no, absolutely not. It's not a toy. You know that.
9: Do I? I bet it looks like one.
4: Yeah, well, it's not. Anyway, I need it to protect you, your sister, and Mom. From what? From bad guys, like on TV.
9: But what about the eight kids who got shot every day by mistake? Their daddies probably thought they were safe, too.
0: Where'd you hear that?
9: TV.
4: Yeah, well, maybe we don't believe everything we hear on TV. Where
9: do you keep it?
4: <laughs> it's hidden.
9: I bet it's on top shelf of the closet, under your sweatshirt. Is it loaded?
4: It's not. I, I keep the bullets.
9: And the boot with the red pieces, and the chest beside the bed? I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure I can You always tell me to be curious. Remember when I found my Christmas gift? I'm a good climber, you know.
4: No. No, that's not what I meant. Look, I I need to be ready if someone breaks in.
9: So what about when it's just me and Mom? You taught me to be brave. I could use a gun to protect her.
4: No,
0: Justin, I promise. I'll teach you how to handle a gun when you're old enough.
9: What if I don't make it to old enough? I could get bullied and decide it's too much for me. It would be so easy with our gun.
0: Our gun? No, buddy. My
9: gun. But it is our gun. In our home. Happens all the time.
0: I'll make sure that doesn't happen. I'm always here for you.
9: But, Dad, you're not always here. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Did you know that over one point five million children in America
7: have parents who are incarcerated?
6: These children cope with the pain
7: through drugs, alcohol,
6: anger and violence. It
7: is so important. So impor- it is so important for
8: communities to provide preventative and intervention services.
13: Don't make them do it alone.
6: Become a part of the community community.
8: The community. Become a part of the community
13: Don't add her to the chain. It
6: was just a joke. We're not friends. Why are you talking to me? You started it's it. So gross lame. These are weirdo.
13: I've said and done things before that I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others.
6: The thing is, this this is not who I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be. I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip. I don't want to be a body shaver. I don't want to exclude anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel lonely, left out, hurt. <laughs> We can create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop. Take a moment.
13: And consider
10: others before we speak.
6: And before we act. Be more.
10: Be more. Be
6: more.
3: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight, as we have began a conversation that's much needed, uh, addressing children of police brutality uh, that have suffered injustice as, as young as six years old, seven, eight years old, 11 years old, teenagers that have suffered uh, really complete brutality, if you will, and life-threatening situations. Uh, that we have seen. We have been so honored tonight to have our very special guest, Golda Barton. Uh, her son, Lyndon Cameron, uh, suffered a being shot by officers, and uh, she has shared her story and and uh, the pain that she has gone through. We salute her her courage tonight uh, as as we begin to at least unravel and begin to have a conversation about the condition of this nation. Uh, Golda, are you still with us?
13: Yes, I'm here.
3: Okay, thank you so much uh, for coming back. We're going to be very respectful of your time, but I I just just think you have a lot to say. Um, So tell us a little bit about GoFundMe. What prompted that, uh, I would presume, in search for answers uh, that you desperately need? Tell us a little bit about that.
13: Um, So our GoFundMe um, is set up uh, to, to bring awareness to this, this apparent uh tragic time our nation's in um that they can that they can um do this to to a child they can it it's that where do they they it it doesn't make any sense to me um yes
3: you sound like ahead. you've taken on the hat uh go the of an advocate automatically it sounds like after this type of ordeal
13: uh yes. Definitely. Um I I always try to stand up for um the underdog or the person who um is, is not treated fairly and um in both of our cases uh it, it, it doesn't seem to be the case that uh anything uh, happened uh at all like it was supposed to.
3: Now let me ask you a question, Gold. if am I reading this correctly, uh were there eleven shots fired on this one? Uh yes. Wow, eleven shots. And th-
13: go ahead. Th- there go was ahead, only Lola. one. Sorry, there was only one that hit a, a nearby trailer. So they weren't. They they never gave us an exact clear answer of how many exact bullet hole like. But my my guess would be like around nine or ten because but they they the even the medical people couldn't decipher like the exact amount because there were so many in in the same spot that it just kind of like blew like a hole out like in his arm in his left arm um and so like there was there was there's still shrapnel that comes out of my son um hmm. it's uh it's it's i could not believe like it was definitely i don't believe it was anything of this world that saved my son I agree. because when i was sitting there and i heard i i literally was thinking they're going to go in they're going to help me get my son to the hospital and i it was like seconds like they just left me but i was trying to talk to them and they wouldn't listen to me that was the big problem is They don't listen to the families when they're, you know, like if they're in a, like we were forced into this situation because they didn't have any mobile uh, transport units available. So they told us to ask for a specialized crisis intervention officer. We do that. And as many single parents, you know, unfortunately, we don't have all of the resources that a lot of people have. Um, we We rely a lot upon uh we do our very best but we do rely upon um the community, we rely upon um our relationships um to try to uh you know uh to try to get get along and and do things the right way. Um so we called for them. They said to call a CIT officer. This officer is supposed to be especially trained in what they do. They're they're supposed to have had extensive training to, to be this. But then we come to find out they said Ev- everybody, all of the officers are that, so it didn't make a lot of sense um so- but i getting uh, getting back to the point of i just i was how many shots he was hit with he was shot in both ankles, he was shot um in his abdomen, he was shot in his chest, he was shot in his left arm, his shoulder like up in his armpit, he was shot. Um, down further on his left arm in his bicep. Um, and I think... Is that all of them? I think so. And then in the foot, too. Like the ankles just, in the foot. I'm just trying to
11: figure out here. Eleven shots fired on an autistic boy with
3: no weapon. It didn't take eleven shots. To show he had no weapon.
13: No, this is that's not even the procedure. The procedure is in Utah, I believe, to you can shoot twice, and then you're supposed to reassess. And this guy emptied his clip, like he was he wanted to make sure that my boy was dead.
3: With no threat, and that's
13: exactly what I thought. Yeah, with no literally, I. I told them this, you know, um, this, this child is, um, uh, you know, he's, he's autistic and, and, um, but he's normally, he's, he does pretty well, you know, like if I go to work, cause I, I work my life away. But the thing is, is that on that particular incident, he was unable to control himself and, um, and we needed help desperately, and had thought to call these people that were supposed to help and um and the the mentally helped crisis units not they don't have them available for these people that need help um, uh, i don't know i don't I don't understand why their training would be so um so lacking when it's supposed to be mandatory
3: well not only lacking but the abuse of power with emptying a clip on an unarmed kid I don't I don't understand that this is what I don't understand you empty a clip on an unarmed kid but you let a gentleman excuse me you let a person in, in Boulder, Colorado a couple of days ago take out 10 people and you shoot him in the leg
12: Right.
0: Once. Once. How does that happen?
12: There's a
3: there's the problem. You have a a guy in William the shooting down in in was that North Carolina South Carolina
5: South Carolina in, in the, the church.
3: church. Yeah, In the church. He he goes in guns blazing. Yeah. Comes out he's seated on the concrete and
11: handed a bottle of water. And they took. I think they took him also to get something to eat. As so well. McDonald's or Burger yeah, King something or something like so- that. Yeah. Can somebody explain this nonsense to
13: me? This is why that. we have a. Pro- Go ahead, Zola. Oh, I just I hadn't heard about that one. I I had heard about the the one in the grocery. I couldn't believe that in the grocery store, and the guy uh, walks out. He's able to even just walk away with um, you know. He was walking.
3: To to our listeners,
13: if you just kind of
3: got into this conversation that we're having uh, with Golda Barton about the shooting of her son, let me be clear. We are addressing tonight on this show children suffering injustice with police brutality, actions by police officers that have traumatized Not only the children, but the families. And in some cases, people have died. Uh, Tonight, we deal with that issue, but we do not leave off the table the police officers who are fighting and are not acting in such a way of misconduct. We say to those officers, thank you for your service to this country. There's a lot of good cops out here. You can't lump them all together, but I tell you what, if you don't address those that are doing it wrong, nothing happens. So please, please bear with us as we get into these conversations. is uh, a victim of not only of her son being shot, but losing her father, if I heard her correctly, to police brutality. Um yeah. We have to have a voice. So please understand, I just called AJC Radio. We have uh, discussed uh, good officers on this show. We've honored them on our show. We've thanked them on our show. The Found Police Department Deputy Chief of Police was here in this studio along with some of, his, some of his officers. And we gave them kudos for what they do every day, getting up, getting dressed, and helping citizens across this state. We say thank you, but to these officers that did what they did, to Golda, um, yes. to to her son, we are bound to speak to these issues. And right now, Golda, do you have how's your time looking for us tonight thus far? Still.
13: Oh, you're great.
3: Okay, I'm going to bring you're on great. the young lady. I'm... I don't know if you have heard this story, Golda. We're going to bring her on, uh, Marilyn Kirkland. Uh, she is the grandmother of K.A. Roll, uh, the six-year-old that was handcuffed at school, put in a police car as she cried not to be put in that car. We're going to play that clip for you and Marilyn here in a moment. Uh, Marilyn, are you with us? Okay, we're still trying to get her, apparently. Uh, and All we're right. gonna, we're gonna bring- Good evening. Marilyn,
2: you with us? yes i am thank you for thank, having me
3: no thank you for taking time out of your schedule today uh, to speak with us let me say to you uh and and to how am i pronouncing kaya is that her name kaya
2: it's actually pronounced kaya
3: kaya okay that threw me yeah. with the, with the, with the spelling but thank you so much for the correction um how was kaya doing at this point
2: um, Kaya is improving, but she, it has been a very, very rough year for her since this happened. Actually, it's been a very rough year for the entire family. It has made some really unfortunate changes to our family in many, many ways, but mostly it's made a whole lot of negative changes to Kaya, changes that we're not even sure we'll be able to undo. But if we are, it's going to be a very long road ahead of us.
3: Well, I can assure you, uh, Marilyn, uh, the support of AJC. It just calls uh, Golda. I don't know how much of the show you've listened to, uh, Marilyn, with Golda. Barton, whose son was shot 11 times is what we're reading. Um, autistic, uh, no weapon, unarmed, and could easily be a statistic tonight had it not went the other way. As, as Golda hit something higher than this. Uh, spared her son's life. We're going to get into the dialogue together. Right now, what I want to do is play the clip um, and, and uh, Kaya, what she went through. And then I'm going to get your thoughts, Golda and Marilyn. We're going to talk more about uh, what we can do as a just cause um, and hopefully be an inspiration to those people who are suffering at the hand, uh, not all officers, but of those officers that choose that make a choice to cross the line of law and do what they're doing to our children. Let's play the clip.
6: What are you doing for?
13: It's
0: for you. you your head, okay? Uh-huh. Come over here, honey. gonna hurt. No, it's no, I don't want oh,
1: no. Restrained with zip ties and marched out of school by police at the age of six, Kaya Roll was arrested on battery charges when officers were called to her school in Orlando last September after she had a tantrum and allegedly assaulted staff. Her family have released the shocking video, which was filmed on a police body camera to raise awareness. Dennis Turner was sacked as a reserve police officer following the incident for violating agency policy as he failed to get approval from a supervisor before arresting a child under 12 years old. He could be heard in the recording boasting about arresting more than 6,000 people and that Kaya was the youngest.
2: She's eight, isn't she? Six. She's six. Now she has broken the record.
1: The little girl's family say she suffers from sleep apnea, which can result in behavioral issues. Shortly after her arrest, her grandmother told reporters that the incident had been extremely distressing.
2: No six-year-old child should be able to tell somebody that they had handcuffs on them and they were riding in the back of a police car and taken to a juvenile detention center to be fingerprinted, mugshot.
1: Kaya had the charges against her dropped, as did a six-year-old boy arrested by Turner on the same day in a separate incident.
0: Please let me go.
1: The girl's family hope that releasing the footage will lead to a change in the law, barring children under 12 from ever being arrested. Jenny Longden, Sky News.
3: there you have it.
0: (laughs) Excuse
3: me. One of the most heart-wrenching things I've ever heard. And to Marilyn, I'm so sorry. And to Golda, I'm so sorry. But I thank you for taking time to let your voice be heard tonight. It is the most heart-wrenching thing to hear because these things are, tr- are kind of swept under the rug. Definitely. But I can tell you right now, you have a voice at AJC Radio and the Just Cause organization because some way, somehow, justice is found for your children.
13: Um, Thank you so much. Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah. And please know we mean that. David, your thoughts?
4: I just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so deeply sorry for both of the the plight of both of you women and your children. I'm 53 years old. I grew up at a time where I just, I just never saw anything like this. It's just, it's almost, you have to well, who does that? And uh, kids were getting fights when we were growing up. And I grew up in the 70s. I just never thought anything like this is even possible. It's just unimaginable in in my mind that you can arrest a six-year-old girl. My, my heart just sank within me to hear a kid shot 11 times. And then, then and then this young six-year-old girl crying not to be put into the back of a police car. Why don't you just call call her a parent, or guardian. It's just, it's just sickening. And, and, There's something very wrong in this country. This country has devolved into something that I just don't think a lot of people who grew up in in my time frame can actually believe that stuff like this actually happens. And you have to ask yourself, who are these people? Who are these officers? Are are you even human? It just seems like it doesn't. It just it seems impossible i'm just it's just i'm just it's just incredulous to me that this is that something like this can occur i sit here with tears in my eyes listening to kaya and uh hearing about uh linden and i just don't I'm, i'm looking for answers and really don't know what the answers are and then you see on the other side of it there's always this effort to try to protect the officer when are they gonna start protecting the kids? And protecting other people from this type of rogue depraved behavior. So I said again, I'm so sorry for your loss and, and again, uh I look forward to uh the uh doing something with the GoFundMe and then and then supporting uh Lyndon's cause and Kaya's cause in any way that that, that we can. It's just it's just sad and it's sickening and again. I'm so sorry there's something like this uh happened to you.
2: Thank you very much for what?
4: A question. It's been a... Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Go ahead, please.
2: No, I was just saying it's been it, it is so hard because this is something you can never ever imagine what happened to your kids or your grandkids and It was a a wake-up call for me because that was the first time I realized that there are states here in the United States where there is no minimum age for arresting, where you can arrest a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and you can arrest them for misdemeanor charges. You can arrest them just for being children, and that was like... A very rude wake-up call for me, and that the well, officers actually do that.
3: Absolutely, and and, the, and I think, Golda, did you want to add to that?
13: Um, I just I do know that it took me, um, for a very long time, like right after, um, that my son was shot. I think I was in like a a shock state where I couldn't. And people wanted to talk to me, and they wanted to, to interview us and, and, and everything. They wanted to do all these things. But at that point, I couldn't even um, – it was almost like I had to pretend I was someone else taking care of this person that this just went through because mm-hmm. that po- couldn't possibly have happened to my family. And I right. I sat down one day. And um, I, uh, it poured out, this poured out of me, like, like fast. And I, I said, my heart aches for this broken nation, no condemnation, those that put bullets in our brothers and sisters, which triggers a narrow-minded approach to the vote. We give too short to live. We are running away from the blue. Aren't they there to protect us too? Concrete lines only drawn in the dust. Ever wonder why we look at you with distrust? No attempt between us. They just ream us. React and attack. That's their motto. Too unholy to see the ripple effect they've been causing me and my community. How much pressure we take to persevere in the wake. These bodies keep dropping. No more time for them to keep popping. We must act on behalf of those who didn't survive. And is that much we must keep them alive through our voices our actions and reactions there is no debate on what's right or what's wrong this has gone on for far too long wait for them to incinerate our dreams no understanding we must be banding together as a whole no separation equals liberation to fight for the right to be free different is a better way to see false control without purpose Lead us dead and desert us. Be allowed to be proud of who we are and where we're from. No longer running from a blues gun. Wow. You wrote that, William? I wrote that in like five minutes. It poured wow. out of me because <laughs> I couldn't awesome. put the words together. And then I yeah. just sat down and it spilled out like I just. I just overflowed. It was too much to keep inside me. Well, I can
3: tell you, we're going to post that at AJC Radio, uh, as well as our social media team will post that out there. Those words are powerful. Um, we're going to be right back. Thank you. I hope you you guys still good on time.
2: Yes, I am.
3: Okay. We're going to come back and deal with the next steps that happen When these type of actions go ignored, and that's our young people getting into the criminal justice system. Khalif Browder, we're going to tell his story. What happened to him, he suffered a far worse ending than when one can imagine. And you know what? Over a backpack that he supposedly stole from a grocery store. He's no longer here to tell his story. We're going to tell it for him. I'm going to get your thoughts on it, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, AJC Radio tonight. Our children, victims of brutality, law enforcement, and the criminal justice system as a whole, we deal with tonight. But we take a moment to salute the officers that fight for us every day. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population,
4: but we have over 25%
3: That is a just cause, and we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us?
6: Call today. Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock on a school night.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents.
6: Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent.
8: At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone.
6: Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I can't vote.
8: I can't drink.
6: I can't smoke.
8: I can't join the military.
6: Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record.
9: If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16, my mother had to sign this consent
6: form so that I could participate in this video.
10: But I can go to an adult prison.
6: But I can go to Rikers Island.
10: But I can be sent to Attica. My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that.
11: Last week, my father sent me to my room.
10: Next week, a judge could sentence me to an
2: adult prison.
10: We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York.
6: Odds of becoming an astronaut, 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, 1 in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women. It's up to us to change the odds for our generation,
5: for the ones we love, for our future.
6: If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer.
0: back to AJC Radio tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this
3: show tonight has been one of
0: extreme emotion.
3: As we have really walked on ground tonight that is really sinking sand. As a result of some officers who choose simply to not honor the badge or the oath in which they took to protect. And I say some because we have many good officers that go out every day and protect us from things that we cannot possibly imagine. Our hats off to those officers, to those men and women that honor the badge. But as an advocate, we are forced to go in the trenches where the ground is not as smooth. It actually is treacherous. Tonight, we address that issue. We're very honored for Golda Barton and Marion Kirkland, who tell their stories of what their own children and grandchildren have suffered as a result of police officers, those police officers who they have chose not to do the right thing. Uh, right now, before we get into the police uh, Browder story, I do want to have an opportunity, uh, Marilyn, for you to share uh, the issue and clear some misconceptions that have happened or uh, have been taken rather with Kaya that she apparently threw some type of a tantrum in some way to some way justify uh, the actions of this officer which hypothetically had she thrown a tantrum for 15 minutes or to 60 minutes the actions taken were inexcusable but I want to give you an opportunity Marilyn to speak to that I know that's on your heart go ahead please
2: thank you so much for the opportunity Lamont. and if I can um briefly take um you back to the beginning what happened is that when Kaya was about five years old we started to notice some changes with her we started to notice that you know she was not sleeping good at night she was being very sleepy and cranky during the day Um, And so I started taking her to a pediatrician and they started investigating it. In particular, a frightening thing had started happening where I noticed that she would stop breathing when she was sleeping. And there were occasions when I literally would panic and shake her. And then she would catch her breath, and she'd start breathing again. So her pediatrician's um, they started a battery of tests on her. They did some sleep studies. Ultimately, they diagnosed her with having severe sleep apnea, which simply means that, you know, because of she had obstructive sleep apnea, her adenoids and tonsils were falling back and stopping her from breathing at night when she was in a certain sleep position. And so she was um, being scheduled for surgery to have the medical situation corrected. In the meantime, we got on board with her school and we advised them what had been going on and that because she was suffering from sleep deprivation and in a lot of instances from just Simply oxygen deprivation she would tend to be crankier during the day because she was getting like two and three hours of sleep, right. and um, I literally moved her into my bed because I was so panicked that one night she may have- Stopped breathing and not resumed. And we were told that that was a very real possibility. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that the school was not aware of the medical condition. And I had established a link with her teacher where if we're up all night and she's not gotten sleep, if I'm able to keep her home, I would do that. But having to keep a roof over her head, food on our tables, I could not just keep staying home from work. And so, you know, I worked out the system with the school. The doctor sent letters, communicated with the school, asking them to allow her to take brief naps during the day, to reset her brain, to catch up on the sleep that she's, you know, she was deprived of during the night. The school had advised that they couldn't allow her to sleep because she was now in first grade and there was no provisions for first grader to sleep. In addition to that, I sought out uh, what's called a behavioral therapist, which is someone who would help her to breathe, to de-escalate when she's sleepy, to not be irritable. It's like, you know, you have a six-month-old baby. You feed them, you change their diaper, you do everything, and you can't figure out why they're crying and crying and won't go to sleep. But that's how a child reacts. They get irritated when something is wrong. So Kaya would... Um, sometimes throw these tantrums. The doctor provided us with some um, videos, with um, written literature, all these things we provided to the school so that they would understand how to deal with it. And it was simple. If she ever threw a tantrum, just let her go ahead and she would not attack mm-hmm. the people. She would just cry and scream and roll over on the ground and just let her exhaust herself. What happened in this instance is against what the doctors instructed. um, The school staff tried to restrain her. She was no danger to anybody, but she was rolling over. She was throwing a tantrum and they tried to restrain her. And in trying to restrain her, one of the administrators got kicked. Now, I was never able to get um, the correct thing from the school and the officer. The school is saying because the officer is stationed at the school, he took it upon himself to arrest her. The officer is saying that the school asked him to step in and intervene. But at the point that Kaya was arrested, she had already come out of the tantrum. And she told me, she says, Grandma, I was sleepy. I wanted to go sleep. But the administrator would not allow her to go sleep. So she sat her at the desk because she knew that Officer Turner had already said that he was going to arrest her. So they forcibly kept her awake so that he could have the transporting officer." Up arrive at the school with the vehicle to transport a six-year-old who was fully out of the conundrum, falling asleep, didn't know what was going on, but to transport her to a juvenile center. When they called, I had a, I had a really good relationship. With the school. I'm not a grandmother who just let the child go to school, do whatever. I would check on her. If she's cranky and escalating, I would go and pick her up and take her home so she can take a nap. I'd return her to school. I did everything I could to help get her through to the date of the surgery to have this corrected. And as a matter of fact, she had her surgery on October the 31st, about four weeks later, because that's the earliest date that was scheduled, and they knew that she was scheduled for that. But when the first time I knew that Kaya was arrested was that the officer himself was on the line on my job, on my manager's phone, telling me that he just arrested Kaya and that he needed me to travel to the juvenile center, giving me the address so that I can go there, Um, she would have already been transported. And I was totally shocked. And I'm like, you know, because I just couldn't think, six-year-old, my grandbaby, arrested. And I'm like, why, what was she arrested for? And when he told me she was arrested on the charge of battery because she kicked one of the school administrators in the tantrum, I asked him, I said, but didn't they advise you that she has a medical condition we're addressing. He says, what medical condition? I said, she suffers from severe sleep apnea. You know what that officer said to me? And it really broke me down. He said to me, I too have sleep apnea, but I don't carry on the way she did. He was a 53 year old officer telling me that he arrested a six year old girl because she did not know how to cope with sleep apnea the same way a fifty three year old police officer knew how to sleep with cope with sleep apnea. So you destroy a six year old's life because you're comparing her actions to your actions? When I got to that I'm sorry.
3: No, please go ahead, Mel. Go ahead.
2: When I got to the detention center And I told them I wanted my grandbaby. I thought even though she had been arrested and transported, it was simply a matter of me just going there and getting her. I I didn't even, I didn't stop to even think it out. I just thought I'd go there and they'd give me Kaya and we'd go. When I got there and I asked for her, they told me that I had to wait. And they said I had to wait because they were still fingerprinting her and booking her in. They led me into a room in the back to wait for her. When I got into that room, as I walked through the door, on the desk next to me was some paperwork. One of those pages was a color mugshot, a front view, a side view, a criminal mugshot of my six-year-old grandbaby. When they brought Kaya into me, Kaya was shaking like a leaf. All she kept saying to me, and the therapist says that was her way of calming herself. She was crying. She was shaking like a leaf. She was sobbing. Her heart was breaking. She kept saying, Grandma, I told them to call you. I told them your phone number. She kept repeating and repeating my cell phone number. They wouldn't call you. I told them to call you. You'd come get me. Call you, Grandma. Call you. you come get me. My grandbaby was shaking like a leaf. The One of the booking officers there at the juvenile center shared with me that in her 20 years there she had never had a child that young be arrested and booked through her center. Another employee said to me he had to go and borrow a stool from another employee to stand Kaya on because they did not have the ability to take a mugshot of a child that young. So he had to Elevate her into a position to take her mugshot. Then they turn around and tell Kaya that she has to appear in court. And they gave us a charge sheet with her court date and time. And that if she did not appear in court, a warrant could be issued for her arrest. And it defied belief because a six-year-old cannot drive a car. The six-year-old cannot get a ride share or call a taxi. How do you tell a six-year-old who's already been so traumatized that if they don't appear in court, that this will happen to them a second time? When Taya put her hands up around my waist, I had to pull her hands back and look around her two wrists were bright red abrasions from the zip tie. And she told me, she said, when she was in the back of the police car, her hands were hurting so badly. And she called out to the officer and she asked him if he could stop and loose her hand. He told her he couldn't. So you know what she said she did? She said, Grandma, I lay forward on my stomach so the seat belt wouldn't hold me back against my hands, so my hands wouldn't hurt so much. This is a six-year-old telling me that she had to learn. To ride in the back of a police car in a way that would cause her the least amount of pain and discomfort. A six year old.
3: It's outrageous. Um,
2: My grandbaby are... started. I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead.
2: No, I'm so sorry. It's just that when I start, it's like it just bored, no, So please. just
0: please no, forgive please. me. No, you're fine.
2: She started wetting the bed. She hadn't wet the bed from she was like two years old. She started wetting the bed. She started having not nightmares. She started having night terrors where she'd wake up and she'd be screaming and screaming for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I can't get her to calm down. She went through separation anxiety for two weeks. I could not leave her at all. I couldn't even go to work. I had to stay home with her. I could not go into another room and leave her. We are a year into this, and she still cannot be left in a room alone. She still cannot be away from people. She's still having nightmares. I don't know if these officers stop to think about the long-term effects of what they're doing to these children how they're ruining. It's not just that they're feeding the school-to-prison pipeline. It's not just that they're making these kids into criminals before they have a chance to even be an adult. It is what they're doing psychologically, mentally, emotionally, and physically to our babies. I was so upset, and I'm a person who who advocates against violence. I do not believe in violence, no matter how extreme the situation. I always believe that the spoken word and the pen are mightier than the sword. And that is what took me. I have never in my life been in the public life. And I spent the past year on the speaking trail advocating for something to be done about what the police are doing with our children. And I have met with success for the state of Florida, but I am not going to stop because there are over 20 states that allow this to happen. And although the officer should have, by policy, gotten the permission of his commanding officer before he arrested her, which he didn't, and it resulted in her being fired, Although he should have gotten that permission, that is not enough. We cannot have laws on the books that allow our babies to be treated this way by police. These laws have to be changed.
3: Yes. I agree. Those are your thoughts on Maryland's... Excuse me, I'm sorry.
2: No, I was just going to say, I'm just going to add that it's not only the mental and emotional toll that it takes on the children and, and their families. It is the physical, the financial. It is so great a toll that is taken that these things cannot continue to be swept under the rug. We have to make changes.
3: Yes, yes, I agree, uh, Marilyn. Um Goldie, your thoughts if you've heard Marilyn's story, um, I'd love to hear from you. Um,
13: I, I, uh, unfortunately, I um, I totally, I have been there with this lady. Like, I have been exactly where she's at with, and it, and the horrible thing is with the school and and their their school officers and um and them not understanding uh that children have things wrong that you cannot see and right. um so and most of the time the officers um are not uh nearly equipped to deal with what their you know what their uh position is at the school they 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 tend to um act like it's it's kind of like that's their like they can do whatever they want there's nothing um that prevents them from uh like arresting a a six-year-old like that's insanity like like what in the world was the guy thinking when i i hate that i i i think it's it's bogus it's the most insane thing I've I've heard. I I uh I I had not heard of her, her case. Um but it it's it's insane.
3: No, without question. Um you know we've done a lot of shows that were troubling. This reaches the top. When you're talking about the suffering of children. And Marilyn I cannot say into, into you two well, uh, um, how my heart is saddened tonight as a result of what I've heard. But my resolve is even bigger to fight, to speak out, to give a platform and a voice to young ladies as yourselves to let your voice be heard. Uh,
2: we are commi- we are commi- and commi- I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful to you for
3: that. You guys are very, very welcome. We're going to get involved with this. Uh, we're going to talk to our press team, perhaps, and even uh, getting a press release out circulated throughout social media in large, mass amounts of information to go out about your stories. I can promise you, uh, just cause ADC Radio is committed to that. Um, Thank I, am you. To be in t- I am going to be in touch with you guys offline. Uh, to get some information for those press releases, but anything that we can do. Um...
13: Well, we sure appreciate it. Just the awareness yeah. is is huge because, like I said, we had no idea. I, I was compl- this blindsided me. This 2020 was definitely a year of perspective and uh, growth, and um, hopefully we can we can make some change changes happen.
3: Sure, I know we can. I'm going to be respectful yeah. of your time. We probably are going to do a part two of this series next week. I extend an invitation if you guys are up for it. If not, we understand. Um, but you, you can definitely feel free to tune in to the show next, next Thursday. Uh, we'll be dealing with the, uh, the prison system, the youth detention suffering and things that have happened beyond what has happened to you ladies, but the next stage of abuse that continues, uh, thus causing a major problem within our criminal justice system uh, with our young people, and as as Marilyn said so uh, correctly, nobody knows the toll, nobody knows the burden, nobody knows the weight of, um, of waking up to a child's cry for something that could have been avoided, for something that did not happen. My thoughts and prayers go out uh, to you guys. And again, I'll be in touch offline. Uh, and I want to thank you so much for taking time this evening uh, to talk with us. Uh, I, that poem uh, will be posted. I want to say poem, but your heart, the uh, will be posted on our website for people to hear. Our social
2: media team thank will you. also
3: push that out there as well. We intend to make an impact uh for you in this situation. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. I am so grateful for that.
3: Well listen, try to get a good night's sleep. Give Kaya our love. Um that you, Lyndon cool. our love as well. And uh together Definitely. we'll look, together we'll make a difference. I can I can assure you of that. Okay.
2: Thank, Thank you, you and I so look forward to your part two.
3: Thank you so Definitely. much and we'll be in touch. Folks, take care. Thanks for joining AJC Radio. We appreciate it so very much.
2: Good night. Good
3: night. Troubling. Troubling. And the courage it took for um, these ladies to come along tonight. Um, Samson, your thoughts.
8: I mean, as I, as I hear him recount like the absolute travesties that happened to them, I mean, it, what kind of a society do we, are, we, are we now bringing these children up in where quite literally the most innocent among us fall victim to the depravity of, like we've said, uh, just a few rogue cops that are out there. People that want to exercise authority that they have been given, but they've been given that authority to help protect us, to serve us to you know, make us feel like we have a sense of safety and they put that on its ear when they go after these these young people. To, to, to see the pictures of Lyndon laying in a hospital bed with tubes in his body everywhere, bandaged up, it, it's horrifying the fact that this young man who already has enough challenges of being diagnosed with Asperger's, now he has to he has to live in fear. Of the officers that, again, are supposed to be dedicated to protecting him, protecting our communities. And, not, and then, again, Kaya, uh, barely barely more than a toddler and being walked out of school in handcuffs. It, it's it's absolutely disgusting. It really is. I want to share this
3: story with our listeners our team tonight. This comes out of Houston, Texas. Some say the system failed an eight-year-old boy found dead this week in a Houston motel. Turns out witnesses previously called police after noticing possible signs of child abuse. I asked him, are you okay? Jaya Jackson said. She called quizzing an abused-looking boy as he tried to sell muffins outside a food town on the last day of February. "Do you need to come with me, recalled Jackson. Do you want to talk with somebody? And he wouldn't say anything. And I knew right then and there something was seriously wrong. Jackson told KHOU 11 News she called Houston police after noticing cuts and other wounds on the boy's face, neck and ears and she recorded the encounter once officers showed up but the boy and his mother told him he fell off a bike HPD contacted Child Protective Services and the Physical Abuse Unit before leaving the scene the boy was found dead earlier this week the boy's mother 24 year old Kayla Hussendorf and her common law husband, 28-year-old Dominic Lewis, are currently charged with injury to a child and tampering with evidence. Harsendorf allegedly admitted in hiding handcuffs and duct tape. There's evidence of child torture in this case. It's not a one-time incident. This child appears to have been tortured over a long period of time and kept out of the public eye until it was too late and he was found dead. Eight years old. Um cops came there they did what they call protocol procedure but all it had to take was an extra step to realize this kid had been tortured and was found dead shortly after you encountered this kid common sense tells you that the kid didn't fall off a bike with cuts and abrasions and scars If we as a society cannot protect our children, America has lost her way in a very serious way. These are innocent, the most Samson alluded to the most vulnerable of our society are our children and our elderly people. What has gone wrong with this ship? the ship has steered wrong it is a tragedy William your thoughts
11: you know as you said earlier this is probably one of the hardest shows we've had to digest what we've just heard the cruelty to a six year old daughter I I, I can't believe what I heard but in, in some ways you know it's a reality that these people are facing and you can't take that pain away from the grandmother. You can't take it away from the child. I don't know what to say, but when you talk about the ship is, yeah, we're we've definitely off course. When we're talking about as that said, you talk, you take the innocence of this world, the children that we that we're responsible for raising, and now we're having to protect them from the police officers who ride around in cars and say we're here to serve and protect our community i mean what where where are we where where are we i mean we're really lost when 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 we're when you look at that we are lost i yeah. mean you know it, it's it's it, it's amazing to hear they said they had to put her on a stool to take her picture and it reminded me of the show we did years ago when we covered. Um, the young black boy that was executed in South Carolina at the uh, they electrocuted him and they had to put him up on stacks of bullets. Eleven years old, I believe so.
3: Yes. Yeah. that's the youngest. Yes, kid executed executed executed. I think if I'm not mistaken on that story,
11: his name was cleared. Yes, from yes. that crime. Yes, but you can't do a do over. No, years now. You're talking about now years later. Decades later, we're still living with this, and now this little child, this story right here we've heard tonight, and then the sad reality is there are more of these stories. more, and um,
3: we're going to address these issues. We're going to dig down and fight for Oda Barton, mother of Lyndon Cameron. Marilyn Kirkland, grandmother of Tyrol.
0: Um
3: Something has to be done. Um, next week we're going to deal with this. We'll pivot off of this show tonight.
0: Uh,
3: ladies and gentlemen, do what you can. Go to GoFundMe. Uh, we'll have all this information posted on agencyradio.com. Uh, if you go to gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash Linden039 uh, you'll be able to find Uh, a way to help uh, Golda uh, at the GoFundMe page Uh, we will be in touch with her as well again go to our website AJCRadio.com we'll have all this information posted and the pouring out of Golda's heart on that writing was over the top Uh, we're going to post that at our website at AJCRadio as well Um, folks again please tell everybody to tune in next week We continue this escalation, if you will, of our children's suffering in the criminal justice system. And to give you one brief statement, we learned of a story we'll share next week. Uh, I believe of the young girl, um, I believe it was a young girl that was uh, uh, molested. She was at a suicide situation, getting ready to take her life. She was talked down by an officer. Is that correct? Uh, Once the officer talked her down, he molested this young girl um we have a long way to go we have a long way to go the 8 year old boy found dead in that motel room as it was told to me he crouched in front of this officer begging and pleading for help with his body language that I need help um The officers in this case did
0: not do enough.
3: Eight years old. We thank all of our listeners of AJC Radio, to our listeners across the country and around the world. Uh, We thank you for you tuning in. Again, tell your friends, your family, all those people that you could become a victim of what these ladies were tonight. It is our job to come together and to institute change in these situations. The children are our future. We cannot protect them. We cease to protect our future. So, next time, America, good night. This is AJC Radio for the entire AJC Radio team. We'll see you next week on part two Children of a Nation of Brutality and Abuse Continues. Good night, America.
7: The
12: Aurora Police Department now at the center of a new controversy. Officers putting a family in handcuffs, mistakenly thinking they were in a stolen car. They were not.
5: It is just the latest in a string of controversial decisions made by Aurora police officers. And tonight, just as we hear from that horrified mother, in the last five minutes we learn Aurora has named a new police chief.
12: Vanessa Wilson is the new chief. She's been working to address this incident, along with the growing calls for changes in policy, transparency, and accountability.
5: Denver's Heaven's Addie Guajardo joins us live tonight. Addie?
12: Well, Stan and the Aurora uh, City Manager is recommending Vanessa Wilson. They're still having to make that final decision on the next interim police chief, he's addressed it today, saying that she has taken on head on some big issues, including firing those officers who mocked the death of Elijah McClain. There has been a lot of backlash from that firing. We heard the Aurora Police Association called her unfit for the job, but today we're hearing a different story. Wilson has been with the Aurora Police Department 23 years, and today just. 30 minutes ago, I want to read this to you before we launch into our story today. She released a statement on behalf of the Aurora Police Department apologizing for a family that was wrongly targeted and held at gunpoint. We have that story. There's kids. It's these cries and screams Brittany Gilliam can't bring herself to relive. That That's terrifying. As a parent, that's heartbreaking. Gilliam says she was searching for an open nail salon while sitting in a parking lot on Bucklet and Iliff in Aurora. And she's screaming like, hey, hey, auntie, the police. When officers pulled up from behind. They got their guns on us. They got their guns on us. Gilliam was in the SUV with her 6-year-old daughter, 12-year-old sister, and two nieces, one 14, the other 17 years old. Police say a license plate reader alerted them the SUV was stolen. You keep saying that a vehicle was stolen, but... You're not, you haven't asked for a registration, a license, none of that. Gilliam was detained and her sister and niece were handcuffed on the ground. The whole point of you being a police officer, protect and serve, for the people. You did not protect and serve. You put a gun on four kids. It turns out the stolen vehicle was actually a motorcycle, not Gilliam's SUV. Both vehicles share the plate number, but they were from different states. Interim Police Chief Vanessa Wilson So the mistake is that um, the officer was going off of what dispatch told them that it was confirmed. So he was acting in good faith that that was confirmed. Two officers apologized, but Gilliam says the damage is done. I don't accept the apology. No, I don't want to hear that apology. A traumatic situation, she says, changed her daughter's perception of police. I hate cops. That's exactly what she said. They're like guns throwing on kids. Aurora police say it's part of their unwritten policy to pull a gun during a high risk stop. At what point was it high risk when you just barely pulled your gun out?
0: No, 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 no,
12: no, no, no. Gilliam is now calling for change. Get a new damn policy. Now Good Morning America will also be having another story on Gilliam tomorrow morning if you want to tune in. As for the the next police chief, we are hearing that they will effectively have that position once they are sworn in. So please continue to follow us on all of our platforms because we'll have that one vote once it's in. Reporting live in Aurora, Addie Guardo, Denver 7.
5: Thank you, Addie.